Where did my coffee go? episode is brought to you by all the fucking skin flaking off of my face (laughs) we spent memorial day by our new swimming pool because we deserve a new swimming pool and i drank like 500 shiners and my sister fried like a fucking crawfish i fried all of my face and my back so that's where we are Politically, spiritually, emotionally, today. It kind of feels like America was sunburned this week. Yeah. If you think about it. Just all the shit <laughs> that's gone down. So, episode four, Panic at the Abortion Clinic, did really well. Yes, we spiked in viewers. Um, our incest baby was a fucking hit. Okay, we don't have, there. that is not going to be a thing. <laughs> There is no incest baby. <laughs> yeah, but like that hook in the beginning, that it got us more followers. I think it got us like up there because we've in- we increased in plays. So like every episode, we we get more and more plays, and we got like seventeen or eighteen plays on episode four, which, like I said. We only know, like, maybe three people. Yeah. I can name, like, four people that I know in my everyday life that have said that they've listened to it. So I don't think that I have played it myself 15 times. So people are listening to it. And so far, we've gotten really good feedback. I am very pleased and very excited. Yeah. I was pleased with it. And even after we finished recording that episode, I had said, like, that felt good. It felt like... It felt right. It was a game changer for us. It was. It really was. We don't believe in tooting your own horn, but yet here we are toot toot. No, I don't think we're tooting our own horn. It just feels... Good. Well, it feels like we're starting to figure out, like, how to do this. Like, what is our brand going to be? Because that part's also hard, too, is, like, trying to figure out how to post things on social media. Like, so far, I just take pictures of what I'm watching on TV, and I (laughs) post a picture of the TV, which, like, I don't know... I don't know. I don't think that's right. <laughs> but like. Well, I mean, it's not supposed to be like a picture of me like smoking a cigarette either. I mean, it could be. It's, it could it's, be. I started reading uh, Girl, Wash Your Face. And she talks about that. She said they never post anything on social media that they themselves wouldn't want to see. Oh. So I actually posted something today about us increasing in followers. And it looks like. A professionally curated social media post. Nice. So. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of myself. Because I've literally done all of this and you've done nothing. (laughs) I bring. You just bring the eyebrows. I bring the eyebrows and the sass. Yeah. So. (laughs) So who's leading the polls? I'll give you a hint. It's Joe Biden. (laughs) So. I did the math today, not that there's a whole lot of math involved, but there are more Democratic candidates than there are Bachelorette contestants. Oh my God, Hannah Bay. I think that the Bachelorette is also political and that this is a safe space for us to say that we love the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. I think they would have figured that out by now, seeing as how at the end of every episode we give someone a fucking rose. Where do you think we got that? Yeah, I'm here for I'm here for the Bachelorette. And like do you feel like it's anti-feminist? Like, if someone were listening to this and heard me say that I loved that franchise, that then I would be labeled, like, an anti-feminist? No. And I don't think it's anti-feminist because on The Bachelor, all the girls are all fucking crazy, and they fight, and they're catty. Mm-hmm. And then on The Bachelorette, all the guys are fucking crazy, and they're catty. catty and they do exactly to the guys what they do to the girls on that show. They make them fight, and they make them look stupid. So it is equally... It's, shit ac- it's actually, I think, incredibly feminist. <laughs> and how equal the treatment is between seasons. Right. Well, and what is feminism but women making their own choices? 
Exactly. And not being judged for them. So don't judge me for watching The Bachelorette or The Bachelor because I love it. Um, so Biden's leading the polls. Biden is leading the fuck out of the polls. I got the, the scoop, the skinny, Ooh. from realclearpolitics.com. Ooh, real so that's the thing politics. I'm going to start doing, too, is making sure that I know where I get my information from. Um, Do you ever look at the maps on Real Clear Politics? You should. They're really interesting. I was looking at the map the other day, and the map of the United States was really red. <laughs> and I wasn't super thrilled. So it looks that way because if you look at the giant red swath that you see in the middle of the country, yeah, there's just as many people there as there, there are, are in the tiny little swaths of blue on the side. On the outsides. Yes. Because then I was looking at the statistics, and it, it was I think it was the 2018 Senate final. Mm-hmm. And it showed like how much, how many more Democrats there are now, and how many conservative seats were lost. Mm-hmm. And there were like a lot of conservative seats lost. That's in the House. That is in the House. In the Senate, the Republicans gained a Democratic seat in Florida and a Democratic seat in Missouri. Is that something that we need to unpack? <laughs> Like, do you need to explain what all that means? So the map right now is really disadvantageous towards Democrats in the Senate because Democrats are, how do I put this? They're on the coasts, Mm -hmm. on the West Coast and the East Coast. Republicans are in the middle. And all those tiny little states with, or those big ass states in the Midwest with tiny little populations, Mm -hmm. they get two senators. California, with their 40 million fucking people, also get two senators. There's more states that have Republican majorities because they have smaller populations. Okay, that makes sense. So that's why you get... That's why there's so much red. Yes. I see. So Biden is still leading, and then Sanders is not close behind, but he's in second, and then Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, she's really kind of like... Working her way up. Yeah. You know who's, like, not doing so hot, and it's surprising to me, is Kirsten Gillibrand. She is, like, bottomed out. She's probably not going to make the first debate. You don't think? No. We really liked her in the beginning when we started watching all these town halls and stuff. We did, but people... I don't know what... Does she remind people too much of Hillary Clinton? Possibly. (laughs) I have no idea why she's not super palatable to a lot of people, but I like Kirsten. What did you like about her specifically, I guess? Like, in terms of her politics, what was your, like, deciding factor? I don't know. She just seemed very honest to me. And she was very honest about her past political views and how she kind of, you know... Has changed. Has changed from, you know, being a conservative Democrat, which was the district she represented in New York in the first place that she flipped from Republican to Democrat. What is a conservative Democrat? So she was a little bit more into uh, gun rights and... Okay. Is that the same thing as a moderate Democrat? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes and no. Conservative Democrat are much more closer to a Republican than a moderate Democrat mm-hmm. would be. Yeah, but gun rights isn't the only issue that they would agree upon. Yeah. She was a little bit stringent on banking regulations and things like that. Especially on the economic side. I want to find somebody, and it really wouldn't be that hard because I work on a college campus, that like studies economics, like maybe an economics professor that can like explain like portions of the economy to me. Yes. Cause like one of the questions that you and I have talked about over the last couple days is like, okay, so the economy is the best it's ever been. Allegedly. Allegedly. But like, is that because of Donald Trump or is it left over from the Obama administration? Or like, does it operate independently of both of those things? Right. And we don't know the answer to that question. And that's something that I would like to learn. And that is a question that would have two answers depending on who you, who you ask. your political persuasion. Somebody somewhere could answer it in a non-biased format. That would be interesting. I would like an objective answer on that question. Yeah. Because I, mean, I know what I would say. I'd be like, oh my God, he's just copying from, or not copying, but it's, it's from policies Obama. that Obama had put in place already. The economy was slow to recover, but it was all Obama. Obama. Right, right, right. 
and I would start crying and <laughs> and that's not necessarily true we don't know if it's because of what Obama put in place. no that would be stupid but that's exactly what I would do right <laughs> but that's what everybody would do yeah of course somebody would be like no it's Bush <laughs> yeah there's that shit oh that was my favorite it's Bush's fault um so yeah that's something that I would like to dive more into and it's possible I could probably talk to an economics professor somewhere and see what they have to say Somebody Econ- that's, like, apolitical. An, an economics daddy. Econ- <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth Warren was on The View. So we're going to go ahead and talk about The View now so we don't have to do it for the rest of the hour. Okay, so I fucking hate that we do this. And I have been thinking about it all week because I promise you, there are a ton of shows that I watch. I do the, – The View is – I don't even watch The Fucking View. I do not watch it. My sister watches it. But this happened – in this interview that she did this week. And I think she be- was on there on Thursday. On Thursday. And it was talked about in the news because it was a really interesting – it's an, a topic that's kind of been out there, Democrats going on Fox News. Can I interrupt you for one moment? There's a thing that occurs now. Uh-huh. Um, Instagram TV, this – have you heard of this witchcraft? I'm not very good about social media. So you can watch snippets of things on Instagram TV. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, kind of shows up in your Discover page. So, like, I was able to see, like, snippets of um, Megan McCain talking about the whole thing with the ship and her dad. And I didn't have to sit down and watch, like, the whole hour of the show. Like, I can just see, like, that portion. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, like, on Instagram. It's really strange. And I'm sure that's how a lot of people saw um, Elizabeth Warren's interview was just the snippet on Instagram TV. And it's, like, five or six minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's really neat. Anyway, continue. So this particular exchange that Elizabeth Warren had with Meghan McCain. Oh, God. Meghan McCain, friend to the show? Friend to the uh, – uh, she's a friend to my – she is like my dream guest, just friend, so you know. Friend in my head. It's – I want Meghan McCain to, like, take me shooting or, yeah. like, teach me how to shoot a gun. Yeah. Like, that's like, what I want from you. Go camping or something. Yes. Like, something, teach me how to be, like, a bad bitch. Something like, rustic. <laughs> yes. I'm dead serious if you're out there. Anyway <laughs> – She's not listening to us. No. She might, though. Someday. Any hoodles. Ew. <laughs> I cut out a lot of weird shit you say. Just Thank so you. you know. <laughs> Do you also, like, change my voice and, like... Well, sometimes you'll open up and you'll go, yay, politics. <laughs> so sometimes I'll shorten that. Thank so you. I appreciate the kindness. So it's not so, like... So gay. I mean... That's your internalized homophobia speaking. It is. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. So, Megan McCain asked her, she was like, why are you not ever going to go on Fox News? She's like, I feel like that's unfair, and you're missing a huge swath of people mm-hmm. that you could potentially reach out to. Because the Democrats are being funky about going on Fox News, and I don't think that the DNC is going to let Fox News hold any Democratic debates this what election your, cycle. What are your thoughts on that? Well... Their whole argument is that, and this is what Elizabeth Warren, or not echoed this, but she said this uh, in response, was that she's not going to contribute to the pockets of the Fox News executives who are making tons and tons of money off of all of these fucked up shows like Hannity and Mm -hmm. Laura Ingram where they're like putting out their like intense racism and conspiracy theories and all a bunch of weird shit. Right. And she's like, I'm not going to contribute to that. Like, these people get on TV every night and lie. Yeah. And incite hate. So. But in a much more eloquent manner because she's Elizabeth Warren. Right. And she doesn't swear on live television. Native um, American princess. So what What did Megan McCain have to say about that? She, Megan McCain worked at Fox News at one point. And so did Abby Huntsman, who's not there because she's on maternity leave. Yeah, but didn't they not particularly like Megan McCain? They didn't think she was conservative enough. I'm not sure. She's gotten in fights with lots of people over her, more of her social views because she was all about the gays and Republicans didn't like that. But she said she was very proud to work there. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth Warren was like, that's great, but... I'm not going on there. I'm not fucking going on there. I can see both (laughs) sides of that argument. I can see why Elizabeth Warren would be like, no, like, I'm not going to go on there. But at the same time, like, she is still closing off, like, an entire demographic of people like she Mm -hmm. could essentially reach out to that demographic and then 
some of those people would be like, oh, like I would vote for her, and then they would vote for her. And that's something Meghan McCain had said to her. She was like, yeah. you're particularly famous for going into places where your views aren't liked and trying to sit and talk to the people, and yeah. they enjoy that. They respect her for that. Yeah. But she's like, it's not about that. It's about all the other shit that goes on there. Yeah. And I don't know if any of you have ever sat and watched an episode of Laura Ingram, but it's really fucking scary. What does she talk about? She's just very, very angry. She's a very angry white woman with blonde hair who does not like immigrants. We try to understand where people come from and both sides, and I think we try to see outside the scope of ourselves. And, like, obviously our political views are very specific to us in where we live and the type of life we live. But I just can't, I don't understand why somebody would hate immigrants. <laughs> I don't know. She's really scary. Like, sh- people like her scare the shit out of me. But they're just, like, absolute anger. Well, people have a really big issue with people coming here illegally because they think that they're stealing money and benefits and Social Security identities. and Yes. And I guess you could say that maybe some people do that. Some people do steal people's identity and of course avoid paying taxes. And one of my coworkers literally today was like, "Oh, you need a new social security card? I can pay some. I know someone who can get it for you for like twenty dollars." <laughs> I was like, "I don't need an illegal social security card because I am a citizen." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's what Laura Ingram is trying to get us to understand. Maybe. I don't know. I just, I feel like if I saw her, like if she was a customer at my place of business, I feel like she would be really, really mean and she would like ask for the manager like as soon as she walked into the building. I feel like I'm going to cut out everything we said about Laura Ingram. (laughs) You can reiterate the fact that I said she was terrifying. That's fine. Because I want to. It just sounds ranty. I'm trying to avoid us just like bashing Republicans. Yes. And we did that, like, for most of everything we've talked about so far. Not, no, we haven't. What have we bat other than Laura Ingram? Fox News. Well, no. Not necessarily. No, it's fine. I just, I'm, I, I just want to keep it, like, more objective. Right. Just because I think, like, our politics are really specific to us. And, like, fortunately, like... Me, you, and Chelsea and Sarah, like, all have rich parents, and we're white, and we, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we all have the same, like... Viewpoints on everything. Viewpoints on everything. But I don't want to get to a point where we have, like, a lot of, like, listeners, but no one can identify with the way we think. Right. I was just thinking about that today. I want to make sure that, like, when people listen, they don't get the sense that we're just, like, rich white kids in our parents' house, if that makes sense. I don't know how you got all of that from me saying that Laura Ingram is a scary, even brown racist, but I have no idea. I think you need to just like chill out. Relax. <laughs> Relax. Relax. Don't do it. Put your back into so it. So there was a couple town halls. Um, we missed two. Who did we miss? We missed Bernie Sanders, and then Pete Buttigieg a couple weeks ago. So we didn't watch those, but we've watched them before. So they essentially ask kind of the same questions. All the questions are the same in every fucking town hall. And they give the same responses. We did watch Beto because that was the first one that was televised. So that was super exciting. And we also watched Michael Bennett, which we were pleasantly surprised with his responses. I really enjoyed Michael Bennett. Like in another time in which America wanted to elect a Nice, folksy, all-American white guy. He did give me that, like, all-American. Like, when somebody says all-American, like, that's what I think of. Just, like, a nice guy with, like, a family. He doesn't have any lips. Yeah. Just, like, folksy and nice. Just, like, super, like, hey, like, I'm Michael. Yeah, he was good. But, no, right now America either wants Donald Trump or... Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne fucking Johnson. That's my write-in. We are serious (laughs) people, and we would not be doing that. No, I would never do that. Uh, My write-in is going to be Hillary. I know. I know. My She will always be president in my heart. 
So Beto is doing better than he was before because like he fucked up with that Vanity Fair cover and everybody was like, ew. Is he doing better? I didn't know if he had like a poll rise or anything. I just um, know that people kind of liked his responses at the town hall. His responses were really good and I liked his response <laughs> about immigration and he talks a lot about that because he lives in El Paso and he's from El Paso so like that's something that he has a lot of experience with I think and he mm-hmm. said that it's like one of the safest cities in our country and, but it's like a border city. You look, you have like this skeptical look on your face. I don't know. I hear like two sides of that because then you also hear about all the horrible things that happen at the border. Right. So right, right. I don't know. I don't want to like take that position that El Paso is the safest city <laughs> on earth. That's fine. Um, El Paso is the golden gates of heaven. He is right behind Judge. So Biden, Sanders, Warren, Kamala Harris, Judge, Beto. Beto was hot at his town hall. And that is kind of an issue that I (laughs) was like, oh my God, this guy is so handsome. Like, I just, I wanted to like lick the outsides of his mouth. And I'm not going to edit that out. No, I I feel like you can say that. And I feel the same way about Eric Swalwell and Seth Moulton. And I am going to collapse into a pile of underwear on the couch when I watch... (laughs) Their town halls. Their town halls. I'm going to be swinging it around my head. Is there anything about Bennett's town hall that stuck out to you that you like weren't expecting? His answer on impeachment was really interesting to me. Oh, let's talk about that because I, I did like that. Okay. So everybody knows that the Democrats are all like about to burn down Washington, D.C. over impeaching Donald Trump. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi is like slowly losing hold on her caucus in the House because they are all... Like, we need to impeach this guy. We need to impeach this guy. But she doesn't want to do that because that's playing right into Trump's hands. Yes. In her view. Yeah. We've talked about that before. It would be really quick. He would not be convicted in the Senate, and then he could run on the fact that he was acquitted. And And he would win. That would be that. Yeah. So. But why why do you and I see that, but, like, not – like every other Democrat in the country. I don't know, because we could be like totally fucking wrong on that opinion. I have no idea. But it just makes sense. It just seems like it's... I don't the know. election is like almost here. I think it's just something they have to keep talking about just to keep that word out there, just to keep that... This guy could be possibly kicked out of office. They want to keep that that energy. Circulating. Yeah. That may, I mean, that makes sense too. But they're like riding like right up to like the edge here because... Debates are starting. I mean, they need to pick a candidate by November. Of next year. <laughs> or no, the dem- we have a year and like a month. Before. No, but when do we need to have one Democratic candidate? One year and one month from now. So all 670 of these people are all going to run. I thought that you could only have one Democratic. Right, but the election is a year from now. The election is in 2020. So, so don't they have to pick? A Democrat before twenty twenty. Yes. When do they pick the one Democrat? July. In July. Yes. Remember the Democratic. That's right. Okay. You and I were like not on the same page here a second ago. (laughs) (laughs) So in July is when we will know who is running for the Democratic nomination. July of twenty twenty. So a year and one month from now. That's what I need you to understand. Okay, so, so we're still not on the same page. Okay, okay. So, okay. the way this process works, the debates start in June. The debates go from June all the way up probably until the Iowa caucus, and then thereafter if there's still more candidates. The Iowa caucus is in January. At that, That's the first primary contest. Right. What is the Iowa caucus? So that's, oh my gosh. That is like a whole fucking can of worms that we cannot go into at this point. That's fine. Moment. We don't need to do that. We will talk about that later. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about the Iowa caucus later. But okay, so we're not going to have a Democratic one candidate until July of 2020. Correct. Okay. That just sounds exhausting to me. It's a long time from now. The process starts early. Yeah. Especially in America. I just want to start like rallying for somebody, but like, 
I guess it makes the most sense to just... The week will fall off after the first... Whoever doesn't make the first debate... Yeah. I think will start to, like, filter off. That's fine. Because I would just like to start, like... But, I mean, there could be up to 10, 11, 12 people on the ballot at the Iowa caucus. Like, that's... Um, I I think Marianne Williamson's going to come back. <laughs> She's going to make the first debate. I know. I'm absolutely disgusted, America. I don't know. I don't know what to do with that information. Oh, did you hear that they're going to start calling fossil fuels freedom gas? Excuse me? They're going to call it what? <laughs> freedom gas. What is freedom <laughs> gas? A way to get people to like rally around the idea of like burning fossil fuels by calling it freedom gas. Isn't that what is destroying our atmosphere? Allegedly. No. I don't think it's alleged. I think it's like absolutely factual at this point. So they say. No, it is. <laughs> we have to be objective. That is objective. Climate change is not like a debatable issue at this point. Some people just don't care about it. That doesn't make it not true. Yeah, but they'll like argue that it's like not real. Or that the effects of it aren't like what we think they're going to be. Well, I think Leonardo DiCaprio is going to save us, to be honest. Where did you hear that shit? I read it at some point this week. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Justin Amash did a town hall. We talked about him. I gave him the rose um, two episodes ago. Yes. He's like literally like the only Republican in Congress right now that is like. How does that benefit him in any way? I don't know. I just feel like it's going to backfire, and then Justin Amash is going to be, like, Justin, missing. Yeah, they're going to, like, throw him in the river. Like Aladdin-style, like, tied to a chair. Um, he's standing alone. The House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, literally got on TV and was like, he's just doing it for attention. I don't know if that's the kind of attention that he would want. I don't know. But I, I also... I don't know why he would why he would feel the need to like also like perpetuate this idea that the president needs to be impeached. Like maybe he does or maybe he doesn't, but like I feel like I would really need to sit and take stock of like my life and my job and like how much I needed my current job before I started speaking about something that there was really the, like the political retribution. Is going to be bananas yes. on this man. Yeah. And that's not necessarily fair because, like, if everybody thought that way, then nothing would get done. Like, right. yeah, sometimes you do have to break out and, like, break stand up for what you believe in mm -hmm. and all of that shit. Like, that's great. But I don't know how I feel about that in this particular situation. Because like we've said before, we are not pro-impeachment at this point. No. I... And that's what he's calling for. He's, like, hardcore calling for it. Yeah, I can't say that I would either. Just because I wouldn't really see it working out for myself in the end. No, but if I really like a, thought that I was doing the right thing. Or if I could affect change, I would try to probably try to affect it, like, where I was. Like, at least in a position of a little bit of power. As opposed yeah. to losing my seat in Congress and then becoming, like, a fucking paid lobbyist or whatever. Right. Like, it's. Ultimately, I don't think it's going to work out in his favor. Or like living off your congressional pension, which you get like for life mm -hmm. if you last five years in Congress. So what is that going to do for him? You know, are people going to see him as somebody that's disloyal to the party? Yes, absolutely. I mean, so that could cost him his job. Oh, yeah. He could get primaried in the next congressional race and lose. And then right there goes his seat. We hope it works out for you, Justin Amash. Thinking about you, Justin. What about the tariffs? Let's talk about tariffs. So Donald Trump is putting tariffs on the Mexicans. Why? Because he says that until Mexico curbs the amount of people that are coming here illegally, he's going to start putting tariffs on their shit. And he's going to increase them. It's going to go from like 5% to 10% to 25%. I heard on Morning Joe, and I think I've said this before, that like the amount of people annually that come here, mm -hmm. it's like over a million at this point. 
And it was going down. It's gotten a lot worse since he's become president. Why? It's just chaos. I just feel like if people knew he was our president, they would just like hightail it the opposite direction. Right. Just be like, I... Well, maybe they like his message of like pure American hopes and dreams. Well, that would be good for him then. He'd have more people here to support him. MAGA. So what does that look like? If, what is he putting tariffs on? I guess goods that they make. That Avocados? We buy. Food? Avocados. Avocados the are already beer, expensive. Beer, tequila, and, and probably any goods that like we trade, like that. that come over here. That could also be an issue though, because then there could be stuff that we're just not going to get. Everything's going to everything's going to be get more expensive. Potentially more expensive, yeah. Is that like a viable solution to this problem? Well, we're showing like a lot of our cards. I feel like here because there's like plenty of other people that Mexico could trade with. Like they don't have to trade with us, right? Like if I were Russia, I'd be like, "Hey, fuck the United States. We'll buy from you instead, and we'll we'll pay you less." Yeah. Or more, however that works. That's what I would do. Yeah. Same thing if I were China. China's... Because are they doing the same thing with China? Doesn't he have, like, some sort of wager going on with China? Yes. And they're like, fuck you. We'll go talk to, like, Brazil and Argentina or wherever the fuck. Right. Like, we are really, like... Or maybe not. Maybe we are the, you know, the purveyor of materialism, and these countries aren't going to do well without... Without us? Our purchasing power. That's what we're betting on. And, I mean, it could work. It could potentially, we have to start making all of our shit here. Right. And then everybody buys American. And then they're like, look, all these new jobs are created because. So that's the idea behind this. Maybe. I don't know what their idea behind this is. I'm just trying to find a positive in it so I don't Mm -hmm. sound like I'm ranting about (laughs) this trade war that I know absolutely nothing about. Right. No, that makes sense because I was going to ask, like. NAFTA. I was going to ask, like, what, how would somebody from the other side see this in a way that we might not necessarily see it? That's how I could see it. But that's... Like, because that kind of popped into my head. I was like, okay, so I don't get to buy sunglasses from 10-year-old Chinese boy hands anymore. Right, right, right. Instead, they're going to be made here in America by an American. That's not necessarily bad. No. It just depends on what the cost would be because we also have a minimum wage here as opposed to China where a 10-year-old boy making sunglasses gets paid in. Yeah, I get that. I can understand that. So Trump went to Japan. Ooh, he like wished them a happy Memorial Day, which is kind of fucked up because you're not supposed to say that. Or that, you know what, cut that part out because that might have been like clickbait that I saw that was incorrect. So don't do that. Okay, but that also spans, like, a different conversation and, like, what do you say on Memorial Day? Just nothing? You're say Happy Memorial Day. Well, I understand Mm -hmm. that part. Like, you can't say Happy Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. You should ask Miss Tracy. She talks about that all the time, you know? It's just, you know, you ask, you know, what are you doing this weekend? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of, you don't really say, you know, happy. Right. You kind of just, you know... If you're going to mention the fact that it's Memorial Day weekend, you know, how are you remembering or are you doing anything with your family for your long weekend? Mm. Things like that. Like, you make it very general. Unless you're going to specifically talk about, like, Memorial Day as As what what it's supposed to be. Right. So he's gone after Biden this week, and he's also indirectly attacked John McCain, even though John McCain isn't here to defend himself. He didn't. He... Himself allegedly allegedly did not have anything to do with him covering up the ship. The White House did it because they thought the optics of it would look ridiculous and that at someone in the media would be like, oh, look, here's Donald Trump behind this big ass John McCain and then ship. And then, you know, he would flip out and say something stupid. Right. That's what I feel like the logic behind that was. But that was just a really stupid thing to do. Right. So real quick, just before we go any further. He went to Japan. He went to Japan and was giving a speech. And during the speech, there it was in the background, the USS John McCain, which is a naval ship, was in Plain wherever time. the fuck they were. Right. And it was named after John McCain's grandfather. 
was it? Yes. It oh, I didn't after, know that. It was named after his grandfather and his father. Look at us teaching each other. It is not a secret that Donald Trump often goes after John McCain or talks about him unfavorably. Yeah, he does. He was not. He's not a McCain fan, which is fine. Or I mean, not fine, but it's it's not appropriate anymore. Well, no, because you're talking about a dead person. Well, not only that, he's like a war hero. Yes. So I it's mean, just it's it's very strange. It's all like not very tasteful. Like, if he doesn't like John McCain, then he should just keep his mouth shut. Yeah, but then he says it, and then we all sit and fucking talk about him, and then guess what happens? He gets elected president. Because that's what the fuck happened the first time. Yeah, I know. It's just... Which is cool. I don't care about... If you're into that sort of thing, because we don't want to alienate anybody. No. (laughs) I just think that, like... I don't care that he talks about anybody else, but I just feel like it's, like... Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. It's It's different with John McCain. It's different with John McCain because he was suffering from brain cancer and he is he was a prisoner of war yes regardless of what your feelings are about war and the military and whatever like i don't know where i was going with that you just you just don't talk about somebody like that (coughs) or a dead person and republicans are supposed to be all like pro-military like honor the troops at all times yeah, but it's very hard to split with the president. Like, you, if you are trying to keep yourself in power, you absolutely are not going to break rank. Right. That is how the empire crumbles. But I just don't understand, like, all of the, like, pro-military Republicans that just, like, don't give a shit when he starts going after. I mean, they probably personally do. But to them, speaking out isn't going to do anything about it other than cause more chaos for the party because then it's going to bring a negative yeah they're gonna look ununited which is like one of the first implications of you losing right and then so could (coughs) you know they'll softly criticize them right some of them will but there's no point and then all of from like a strategic standpoint Mm -hmm. and all of them coming up and saying fuck you for yeah because at the end of the day he is still the leader of the party Mm-hmm. they're still in charge and they want to keep it that way because their agenda is more important and staying in power is more important just from a strategic standpoint right. than everybody rushing to defend John McCain over, you know, what Donald XYZ. Trump tweeted. He also went after Joe Biden. This really bugged me. And like normally stuff like this doesn't <laughs> bug me. I don't pay too much attention to it. But he called Joe Biden a low IQ person. Yeah, he calls everybody that. He what? He's said that like about multiple people. And he talks about how high his IQ is as well. I just feel like there's like something mentally wrong with this man. It's his brand and peop- it got him elected. Let's talk about Robert Mueller. So Robert Mueller released a statement on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I he held a press conference. He, okay, so I had said something about that in episode two. Democratic daddies. Democratic daddies. <laughs> about Eric why Small. Mueller hasn't come out and said anything yet, because that would really like alleviate a lot of the issues if he would just come out and say something mm-hmm. about his own report. Dramatic but, effect. But <laughs> he was being a real queen about it, if you ask me. Just like like hiding in the shadows. Yeah, just like, just like arriving fashionably late. Yeah. So he had a press conference Wednesday morning. And yeah. basically stated that if Donald Trump did not commit a crime, they would have said so. But also he did not come to a conclusion whether or not he had committed a crime. And that's really the only thing that was said. And that's the only thing that has been perpetuated on every news Those cycle. two things and the fact that he said that as the special counselor, whatever the fuck he was, that as part of the Justice Department, they, as a policy, you cannot indict a sitting president. What does that mean? So this is an argument that 
as far as I know, it goes back to Watergate, but it could go back even to Further. fucking William Henry Harrison. Taft. During Watergate, people, you know, were like wondering, like, oh, fuck, like, can Nixon go to jail for this shit? Right. Or can the president commit a crime? Because Nixon, to him, he was like, the president can't commit a crime. Like. Right. That was, you know, his fucking. Like, that's what I'm saying. I said what I said. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Donald Trump's. And that's been the justice. Why are you speechless? I don't know. <laughs> so speechless. You're fine. Nixon said, no. Yeah. I can do what I fucking want. Donald Trump hasn't like necessarily come out and said that, but but he has come out and said that he has been completely exonerated and that no crimes were committed, which is not the truth necessarily, allegedly. But I mean, Donald Trump kind of says whatever he just wants to whatever say. The hell. But the Justice Department policy is that you can't indict a sitting president. The only. But who does that help? Well, because there's already a constitutionally, or there's a provision for that in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. That's the job of Congress. Congress's job is the only one. Congress is the only one that has the ability to remove the president. Right. Congress removes the president, they are able to indict. Because he's no longer a sitting president. Did they do that to Nixon? He resigned. N- Nixon president. resigned before they could impeach him. Okay. But Gerald Ford uh, pardoned him. Okay. It's possible he could have gone to jail. Nixon? Yeah. My history teacher said that in the 11th grade. And she was very smart. And that's what was her conclusion. She was like, if he hadn't pardoned him, he would have... Gone to you jail. know, gone on trial and could have gone to jail. Right, because he resigned, so he was no longer the sitting president. Correct. So wouldn't it be, wouldn't it have made more sense for him to just stay the president? Well, no, because Congress was going to impeach him. They were going to impeach him and kick him out of office? Yeah, Democrats had majorities in both houses. Because that's not the same thing. Impeaching somebody doesn't automatically kick them out of office. Nope. Impeachment is the House. The House impeaches the president. They bring up articles of impeachment. They vote on them. He is impeached. They then take it to the Senate where the Senate holds a trial in which the Senate acts as the jury. Mm -hmm. And it is presided over by... Oh, we already talked about this, right? I don't think we did. Oh, well, it is presided over by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And there's an attorney and then Whoever, I believe, the uh, the Republican leadership in the House or in the Senate then act as the prosecution. That is what I think, but I could be wrong. So Bill Clinton was impeached but not thrown out of office. He was not thrown out of office because you have to get two-thirds majority. Right. And they did not achieve those votes. Have we ever – Kicked a president out of office? No. So what are what is um, what do the Democrats hope to accomplish? To impeach him and then throw him out of office? I guess. I mean, I don't think that'll happen in a Senate that is a Republican majority. Well, and it's also like we have like a year and a half until the election. I know. So I don't feel like any of that would be worth. Yeah, but. They're arguing that it's still Congress's congressional duty. Yes, and I understand that because we're still not clear on right. what all has he's So done. what Michael Bennett said that I really liked, Yeah. because I don't think I ever <laughs> never actually <laughs> said what you I said. I never said what I thought about Michael Bennett. He said that we should do what they did during Watergate, was where they opened up an impeachment you know, proceeding, right. where they started investigating all that shit and before they could actually get to impeaching he resigned it's not a bad idea that would be interesting 
but I just, I don't know. The election is almost here. And so far, Nancy Pelosi's like holding the doors up, like, no. <laughs> like, everyone, stop it. It was her and one other person that I read. Um, well, her House leadership does not want to do that. Yeah. The House leadership does not. But they're all also with a combined age of 772,000 years old. So, what does that mean? They're all old as fuck. Yeah. The three top Democrats in the House are all over the age of 78. Is that important? Um, yeah. Why? Be- are you being ageist? No, but that's not representative of the current culture. And we kind of complain about that with the other side. We do. We need to get rid of all the old white men. Well, yeah. But Nancy Pelosi is also a bad bitch. Well, we don't need to get rid of her, I don't think. No. She's representative because she's a woman and we're still a marginalized community. Clearly. Jim Clyburn is a black man. He is the number three. Okay, so I don't think that we need to get rid of him either. Steady Hoyer. He is the old white man. The House Majority Leader. I mean, he may not necessarily be representative of any specific demographic, but so does he get voted off the island anywhere? I feel like old white men. <laughs> well, no, no, I don't feel that way. See, it's hard. Well, it's hard, yeah. What you do, you know, you have to be fair to both sides. It's just the Democrats haven't. Those three were the top three Democrats when the Democrats had the House majority from 2007 to 2011. Yeah. So they've been around forever. Some Seth Moulton was, and this really hurt him actually, right after the 2018 election, he got on TV and was like, we're going to get Nancy Pelosi out of here. We're going to get new leadership in the House. We have the votes for it. It's going to happen. And, and it didn't happen. It absolutely did not happen. Like the and opposite happened. And he ended up voting for her for speaker. Yeah. Like, she fingered him <laughs> and then twisted it <laughs> and then put her fist in there. And she said, call me mother. And she literally said, call me daddy. Who did your episode Rose go to? So, off Episode of that, Rose. The episode Rose. So off of that rant I just went on, <laughs> I'm actually going to go ahead and give the rose this week to Seth Moulton. <laughs> because he, and this is something that nobody talks about. I have never heard a presidential candidate really speak about it ever. Mm-hmm. He was talking about mental health in regard to veterans and care that veterans are getting. That's a big focus of his campaign. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important because nobody talks about it and no one takes ownership of that issue. Just based off of people I've met through work, mm-hmm. veterans' health care is an absolute travesty in this country. It is. And I can rant about this because both sides agree on it. Everybody can agree flat out except for maybe like fucking Bernie Sanders, that healthcare for veterans is not great here. We don't treat them well at all. And a big factor in that is mental health. Yeah. And the 23 a day that commit suicide. Seth Moulton opened up about his PTSD. Mm -hmm. And I applaud him for doing that because... That's hard to do. No one wants to talk about their mental health struggles. Especially in that type of, you know, masculine, super, you know tough culture so I applaud him for doing that and I think bringing that issue into the forefront is something everybody should get behind and I think could get behind I don't quite understand why veterans affairs are so poor in this country because it is such a high esteemed honor to be in the military and to have served and um you know protected our freedoms so I don't I don't understand why it's like when they come back there's nothing in place for them. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, and that's a big argument that people have against universal health and government-run healthcare is look at the VA and what a mess it is. But who was it that we saw? Was it Tim Ryan? Because I think someone asked him, well, what about you know veterans affairs? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, Medicaid seems to work just fine. So what is it about like Medicaid and Medicare that works fine, but like... The VA doesn't? The VA does not. That is a good point. I have no idea. I don't either. But I would have to agree. I feel like before we figure out health care for the entire country, maybe we need to take care of 
I feel like maybe the veteran should get first priority. Yes. I think that's... Yeah. I think I'm okay with that. I would be absolutely okay with that. I think everybody would be okay with that. Yeah. Because that's... Not everybody is lining up at the door to sign up to go to the army. Nope. And politics is all about the troops here. Yeah. So I... Yeah. I would... I've not been like a Medicaid for all or Medicare for all Gal. champion thus far. And I, I don't foresee that happening, but tits out for Medicare. <laughs> nope. These tits are staying in for Medicare. <laughs> Let's help the troops. Right. Uh, my episode rose goes to Robert Mueller. Okay. So I already said this in this episode, but like two episodes ago, I was like, where the fuck is this guy? And why has he not said anything? Like, he was waiting for the dramatic entrance. There's like 13 people that have like talked about the Mueller report except for Mueller. Yep. So he gets the episode rose for finally like deciding to show up and like l- let us know what the fuck is going, going on. on. Yeah. So good job, Robert Mueller. I hope that uh, they don't come for you and that we suddenly uh, hear about your disappearance. We'll miss you. I don't want that to happen to him. Apparently, this was his first appearance in like two years. Keep an eye out for Robert Mueller. He's like Batman. Like, what the fuck was he doing? Like, up like in his manner, like, (laughs) like, not talking about the Mueller report. (laughs) Like, looking out the window behind a curtain, like they're not ready for me yet. (laughs) They don't know. Call me mother. Um, that does it for this episode of politics. Goodbye. Pick us, choose us, love us.